Welcome to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. Life Group Leaders, I'm so grateful for you guys, so excited for what God has been doing in our church, even as I think, as I'm recording this podcast, it is Tuesday, and I think of this past Sunday, where we had almost 700 people here at our Back to School Bash, because our church went out into the community, invited people Uh, to be a part of what God was doing here. We had almost 700 people hear the gospel, and here we go as we begin moving into the fall, getting ready to make disciples through all of our programs, through our life group leader meetings, Adventure Club, Compass Students, Men's Ministries, Women's Ministries, all those things that are about to happen. It's important for us to recognize something uh, that we repeat every single week on this podcast, and all of those things that we are doing, we are doing... Uh, because we believe that they are a means to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast and all the ministries we were doing, and yes, even that back-to-school bash we just participated in this last Sunday, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. In our series, or our standalone sermon, as we put our Matthew series on hold this week, was called Invited, and it is the parable of the great banquet there in Luke 14, uh, verses 15 through 24. And life group leaders, I want to encourage you as we join this week in our life group gatherings, as we look at this text and see the evangelistic fervor of Jesus, wanting to make sure that everybody knows what it's means and and what it looks like to be a part of this great eschatological banquet. And so as we jump into that as life group leaders, I want to read the text for you there, starting in verse 15. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the great banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. For the first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. As I studied this text, Life Group Leaders, uh, the sermon focus became clear, and it's what we put on the screen and what was on your sermon notes this week, and, and I'll repeat it again here, that we must work diligently to ensure that we, nor anybody else, carelessly reject an invitation to God's eschatological banquet because we stubbornly choose to pursue our own ambitions. As I exposited the text this Sunday, and and as you were were expositorily listening to the sermon this Sunday, I hope it became abundantly clear that one of the major reasons that people will find themselves not invited and, and not granted admittance into the great banquet is simply because they did not have their priorities right. 
They prioritized themselves, they prioritized their own appetites, and they didn't have an appetite for the kingdom. Even as it says in verse 24, that none of those who were invited shall taste my banquet because they were too busy tasting the world and going after the things of the world. And so in the teaching points that I gave in the sermon were these. Number one, don't let excuses keep you from God's banquet. When we recognize why people do not turn from their sins and place their trust in Christ, there is always a reason why. There's always an excuse. And it's important for us to recognize that there is no reason under uh, under, under heaven why anyone uh, would validly reject an, an entrance into the kingdom of God and to an invitation to the banquet of God. And so we got to make sure that we as leaders at this church particularly, that uh we even as point number three alludes to that we talked about over the weekend when we're our job is to compel people and our job job is to bring people that we don't just simply allow a person's excuse to be the valid reason why we say yeah i get it it makes sense and instead it needs to be this compelling i urge you and compel you in the name of the lord jesus to turn from your sins and place your trust in christ because there is no excuse that is valid to god of why you would reject the offer of salvation in Christ here that's going to end up doing you benefit and good in eternity. All those reasons we rejected God here are going to culminate in our rejection in the kingdom of God. And because of that, point number two is really imperative for us as we're leading our life groups this week to help people understand that we got to take God's invitation seriously. When we look at the text and when we see the consequence of prioritizing my own life and prioritizing my own desires over and above God's is simply this. That I didn't take God's invitation seriously. When we look at the uh, we look at the examples of the reasons why those who denied the invitation didn't come. And we talked about in the sermon where uh, I got to go look at my my yoke of oxen. I got to look at my heavy machinery. I bought it, but I got to go examine it and test it out. And I bought a field and I must go see it. All these are excuses of saying you own these things, but yet you believe that although you could see them tomorrow or the next day or the day before that, that you believe right now is the time. And really, it's a good example to say, man, doesn't that just sound like a lot of the reasons why people don't follow God today? I got a family. I've got a job. I got to focus on my education. I got to Focus on these other things. I just got things to do, and I don't have time. It's something I want to do later, but not today. And even the one who married his wife, and therefore he wants to be excused and says he cannot come, we have to make sure that people understand, hey, when we're making excuses like that, simply what we're doing is we're not taking God's invitation seriously. And it's imperative for us as, as life group leaders to say, hey, are we taking God's invitation seriously? Because if you're a life group leader, that means you have a testimony. That means you have turned from your sins. You've placed your trust into Christ. There's a time in your life where you recognize that you were not part of the banquet of God, that you were not given admittance into the kingdom of God, and only through the righteousness of Christ could you ever step foot in the kingdom of God. And at that moment, you took God's invitation seriously, and I pray and I expect as a life group leaders that every single day of your life, you're taking God seriously in his will and in his desire for his kingdom to come. And it's our job as leaders, to say, hey, everybody who's under my care needs to take God seriously. His invitation, his will, all of those things ought to be taken seriously. And we got to make sure that in our life groups that when we hit those questions in our, in our application questions, 
particularly number three, we talk about what is the effect of a, a laissez-faire attitude towards obedience to God's will and his word and an invitation to his banquet. It's, it's important for us to zoom in on that question and help our life group understand, hey, there is an impact. There is a consequence for having a laissez-faire, having a, you know, a dismissive attitude towards obedience to God. Uh, and then that 3A, that 3A question there, how does a Christian's daily obedience to God show the seriousness and eminence everyone should have towards Christ's return? You know, if, if you as a life group leader, you need a little nudge right now. I want to give you a little nudge. Like, If you've kind of fallen off a little bit and, and you don't take God seriously and you're not obeying Christ daily and you don't have a seriousness about the return of Christ and the imminent reality that Christ can come back at any moment and your life doesn't reflect that, recognize that the people in your life group are going to then reflect that same attitude because one of the major spiritual leaders in their life, who is you, uh, are really reflecting more of a laissez-faire, dismissive attitude towards obedience to God's Word instead of that serious, imminent understanding of our need to be obedient to God. The third point was that our job is to get others on board, get them on the boat. We recognize that the ship is sinking and we need to get everybody on the lifeboat. Uh, as we've all heard pastors talk about the analogy of a sinking ship, we got to recognize that we aren't just here trying to make things a little better as a ship goes down. We're not rearranging furniture. I'm not trying to go buy my meal and sit in a sinking ship. I'm out here trying to make sure that everyone's lives are spared and saved through the blood of Christ, and that means they got to get on the lifeboat. And I'm going to spend the rest of my days, Lord willing, getting other people on board. And we got to make sure as Christians that we take it seriously when, when Scripture calls us servants of God, slaves of God, and then ambassadors of God, that really everything that has to do with us, every part of our identity is wrapped up in who we are in Christ, and who we are in Christ are slaves of God and ambassadors for God in Christ. And it really says right there in 2 Corinthians 5.20, here, here's what we're doing. We're going out into the world as ambassadors, and God is making his appeal through us. It's really, I mean, and it's not a stretch of application to say, if God's making his appeal through us, then how do people know God is working and God is speaking? Because he's speaking through his people. And so, therefore, in verse 20, at the end of it, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. How do I know that God wants a relationship with people? Because I'm telling people, because you're telling people. How does the world know God wants a relationship? Because his people, his ambassadors, his children, his slaves are telling people God wants a relationship with you. And it's our job. We've got to get people on board. And I am encouraging you as you jump into those application questions. Um, many of these may be simple, but they're only simple if you're not thinking deeply about your life to apply them. And so I want to encourage you as you're asking these questions to your own life group, and you even get to questions like number five, how do you plan on improving your role as an ambassador of Christ moving forward? I mean, I think Sunday school answers aren't going to be enough here where we just say, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to prioritize it. Well, how are you going to do that? What is your plan? What's the plan? What's the process? How are we going to begin improving on being ambassadors of Christ? And uh, question number four obviously leads into that when it asks, why would separating your relationship with God and your role as his ambassador be a mistake, a mistake that many Christians make to say, hey, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, I am a child of God, but this whole ambassadorship, this whole slave of God thing, that's, that's foreign to me. Well, we want to make sure we marry that in our life group and say, hey, you know, being a child of God is being an ambassador of God. We can't separate those two realities. And so my encouragement to you life group leaders 
is as you're going through these questions on your own and as you are helping your life group apply these to their lives, that we help them recognize the uh, cogency or the cohesiveness of being God's child and also being God's ambassadors. Uh, I want you to, to recognize it even as uh, we're about to start teaching a life group leadership course through CBI's hybrid program with us here. And we have a number of people at our church taking this class. And really, the class's foundational concept is what is the purpose of a life group? You know, what are we doing? Why are we meeting in life groups? It's because we want to equip the saints for the work of ministry. We want to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And so if we're going to do that, our life groups need to know here a compass that we're here to be equipped. We're here to be trained up. We're here for community, but a kind of community that uh, has a desire to see people saved and saved people discipled and those discipled people trained up and sent out to see more people saved. And so that's really our goal. That's our expectations for your life group this week. We hope that this uh, podcast is helpful in that endeavor. With that being said, I'd like to go over a couple of announcements that we have coming up so that you guys can be well aware and ready and to announce these to your own life group this week. We have our women's breakfast coming up this Saturday, and so don't miss it. Make sure all of your gals are there as uh, Kayla is opening up the uh, book of James and talking and preaching on uh, the, the book of James, and I believe it's going to be on uh, playing favorites and showing favoritism and how God desires us to have a quite a different outlook in our relationships with other people. That's from 9 a.m. to 11. Gals, we look forward to seeing you there. Just a reminder that this uh, Sunday is our baptism service on August the 27th, and those baptisms are full. We have about a dozen people who are going to be following uh, in obedience to believers' baptism, and we would love to see you pack that auditorium out. Make it a point in your life group to tell everybody in your life group, you need to be there this weekend. You don't want to miss hearing a dozen people explain and describe the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ in their lives and how he has ransomed them from their sin and they have been placed in Christ for salvation. And then remind people in your life group, perhaps people in the life group are thinking, hey, I, I haven't been baptized. I need to get baptized. I've recently been saved. We have another baptism coming up in October the 15th. And so let them know, hey, we got another baptism coming up and we want you to be there if you haven't been baptized. Uh, be, be unashamed, unabashed. I mean, that is what baptism is. You realize it's the opportunity for us to go make public our profession of faith in Christ Jesus. And so if they're going to be public, our life group leaders, we need to be public about helping them go public. So make, make sure that we encourage them to be a part of that. Compass Midweek starts this week on the 23rd. As you're listening to this, it'll probably be either the 23rd or uh, a couple days after. And just remember, Adventure Club registration's open. I've seen those registration numbers. They're going up, but we have half as many registered for Adventure Club as we did for Kids Summer Midweek. And what that tells me is that many, many families have just not registered yet for Adventure Club. So make sure you guys make Kat's job a little easier as she is onboarding here and she's spending our first couple weeks getting to know uh, our Compass Kids ministry. Go ahead and register those kiddos for Adventure Club. Don't wait any longer so we can make sure we have all the resources they need and we're not behind or anything or in a rush because people aren't signing up. Go ahead and register for your Adventure Club uh, if your kids are in Adventure Club today. We want to remind you this Saturday or this Sunday night on the 27th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. is our monthly prayer night. You know, we know historically in, in all churches, right, in all ages, unfortunately, that prayer nights like this are often one of the least attended events in a church. 
and uh, really nothing to, to squawk at. But what we want to do is make sure that we recognize the distinctive number five at our church is that we have a genuine reliance on prayer. And we're going to get here, and we're going to pray our socks off. We're going to ask God to do things that we cannot do, things that only He could do in His sovereign will. And we want to encourage you to be there with us. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beg you. I'm, I'm just, but I'm gonna implore you to say, hey, we want to pray. We want to go to the Lord. We want to link arms together, and we want to petition and cry out to God in both petition and thanksgiving for what He's done and what we would desire Him to do in the life of this church and this city. There are people all over this city and this world dying without a Savior, and we want to make sure that we prayed up that God would use us as a means. Uh, for the gospel to go out, and we want to invite you to come pray with us as we do that. So make sure your life group leaders know that, or your life groups, life group leader, make sure your life groups know about this. Uh, invite them to join us from 5 to 6.30 p.m. All right, life group leaders, I'm so thankful for you. I love you guys dearly. I'm so grateful for all that God is doing in the life of your groups and in your lives personally. I encourage you like I do my staff. Make sure you're growing in your relationship with the Lord, because simply this people at this church, they hunger for the word, they're growing in the word, and you as a leader need to be ahead of the people that you're leading. You're leading them because you're ahead, and you need to make sure that uh, you're maturing in your faith so that you can continue leading out front in your life group. I'm so grateful for you. I look forward to talking to you next week.